You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 351, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and actionfigureblues.com. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight are... Scotty. And John. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Hasbro Transformers Siege, Voyager, and Leader Class Wave 1, the Diamond Gallery Statue Cloak and Dagger, and the DC Collectibles DC Designer Series Nightwing and Batgirl Statue. Welcome, 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 guys, to another episode. John, Scotty, how are we doing this week? Great. Very good, thank you. Very good. Very happy oh, anytime we can record with uh, our good friend John. I'm it's a happy day. Yeah, it always is exciting. So, John, because we haven't had you on a regular episode in hasn't been too long, I don't think from memory. No, but, I don't think it's been too long. But yeah, what 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 have you been up to? Working mainly. It's coming down to our end of year, so I. I actually tidied up my desk at, at work and um, people noticed, so it may have gotten a little out of control. That's hilarious. You, you know, you know, it's bad when people are coming by going, well, cause I actually wore like, um, like not jeans to work one day and I was cleaning up my desk and people are walking by going, everything okay. <laughs> 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 You're not leaving us, are you? <laughs> That's, that's so funny. So, so I was kind of <laughs> glad to keep them on their toes. Now, was yeah. this toy junk on your desk or work junk? No, no, work junk. Work junk. Definitely work junk. That's, um... Although I've been, you know, I've been doing the take a action figure to work on Friday thing. And um, uh, people are starting to notice that, I think, and, and come by on Fridays to see what I have on my desk. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So every day is a Friday at my office. Well, I, I have I have some stuff that I keep there. Like I have a mystery mini Sheldon Cooper and Jon Snow and Tyrion and a minion and, you know, a couple yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, you know, I normally take something bigger on, on Friday. So I have a um like a bookshelf in my office and occasionally I will rotate things and it's really interesting. Like some people would never uh, you know, would never notice, and some people are like, "Oh, where you know, you've got this now, not that." Very cool. Yeah, when I was when I was t- tidying up my desk, I found underneath it a box because um, I had put it away during an audit uh, or a VP visit or something. Um, when one of our uh, managers had left, he had left me his R two D two cassette player. So it's a cassette player, oh. but it's shaped like R two D two. Oh, so it's about it's about a foot high. So I actually have that on top of my my cube right now. So that's so cool, because I um do a lot of uh, video conferencing like internally, um, and by that I mean within the company, not within my body. Just to clarify, um, <laughs> the although that could be fun, uh, some of my friends on my desk are regular participants in some of those meetings. Mm. Yep, I have a I have a porg. Who comes out when he, it's it's the sad porg, and uh, so yeah, so the porg is that when out. someone's getting fired or an awkward no, conversation? <laughs> like no, no, that's I have Edna mode, 
Edna Mode is when things are really serious. Um, yeah, it's like, listen. Please tell me you do the voice. Oh, 100%. When, when, when it, that happens. Okay. Yeah. 100%. That's cool. It's just more the facial expressions, right? Like, I've done um, some uh, GD&T classes in the past, and I have a, a vinyl Android, and I use him to kind of demonstrate different axes and stuff when, when I'm talking about that. Datum. That's so and, cool. Yeah. People kind of pay attention because, you know, you're doing something kind of funky and, you know, so they kind of latch onto that. And yeah. Yeah. And what, what's been happening in your, in your world, John? Besides uh, not much. No, not much. Desk. I mean, uh, that, that, that's about it. That's the most exciting thing. Um, <laughs> I've had some train, I've had some training lately, so I'm, I'm learning to audit at work. So that's, that's taking me away, but got vacation coming up. That'll be good. Very good. Yeah. Speaking of vacation, Scotty. Yes. I just, my, my uh, wife and I had our first holiday away without children since we had children, uh, which is just crazy. Um, but we went to Singapore. My wife was actually not completely on holiday. She was at a conference and I love Singapore. And so when I found out it was there, I was like, oh, I think I should accompany you to make sure you can find your way around. Although she, you know, she has lived there at one point, so she's actually quite capable of that, but still. Um, so it was actually great because I struggle sometimes with, you know, days or weeks off uh, at home as much as I like it. Cause it's just hard to get away from work and, or, you know, really tune out from it. But being overseas, uh, it was a lot easier just to really obey the out of office and not check stuff and uh, people kind of respect it more. So it was great. We had a great time. I had a, you know, I've mentioned a number of times on the podcast over the years, some great shopping experiences in Singapore. And I had a bit of a um, heart attack when I ventured out to uh, the place that I've normally gone to for all that good stuff. Uh, which is a well was a shopping center called China Square, and now it's all offices and it's all being refurbished and getting very upmarket. Um, and so I managed some of that was actually happening the last time that I was there. So, um, but I managed over the course of the next couple of days to work out the main two places where those shops seem to have gone. So for people playing at home. Uh, if you go to China Square based on my recommendation and find just a really bemused security guard, I'm sorry. And instead, you can go to Singapura, which is on Orchard Road, um, or Havelock 2, which is kind of in the middle of just suburbia. And it's a really kind of one of those really funny, like, what is this sort of Singapore buildings where there's food and auto parts and lots of empty things. And then one hugely popular restaurant in the middle of all of it. <laughs> and then some <laughs> toy stores that like, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's really, it, it's just one of the things I love about Singapore is that it's really random. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So really good. Um, a lot of them, they don't have huge opening hours. And I actually had a chat to, I really made out like a bandit with some Marvel Legends stuff, um, thanks to a uh, someone on our Facebook group, 
thank you, um, who sent me to a place called Unrivaled Collectibles, which is only open from 12 to 1.30, three days a week, because the guy has a full-time job and then he comes there kind of on his lunch break. Um, and But it's amazing, and I had a really good chat to him just about the challenges of trying to you know, make a living selling toys, and uh, it was great, great fun. So got to see a lot of stuff that uh, I haven't, you know, we, we still do a lot of online shopping in Australia. We were a lot uh, better off than we were a few years ago, but still there's a lot of stuff that you never really see in person. So I got to see a lot of stuff that I've never seen before. I, I was at a shop that had all the um, Super 7 Masters of the Universe stuff. Um, how much, how much of those normally run like for a single figure? Uh, here you're probably to get your hands on those. You're looking at about a hundred dollars a figure. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's about what they were like. Um, so, you know, that was really cool just because I've never seen you know, that sort of stuff before. So that was fun. A bunch of Marvel legends aren't out yet. Uh, stuff. It was hilarious. Cause one thing that I got, which was the, um, the Logan on motorcycle, um, I mean, has that come out here? Uh, it's it's come out released, but I don't think anywhere in Australia got it for retail other than comic book stores using oh. Diamond. Okay, got it. So, because I'd never seen it before, and I uh, went, I was in this funny little shop that was in the middle of all these auto parts shops, and then just this one really cool little toy store, and they had the Deadpool uh, legendary writer, oh, you know, the, not legendary, whatever those new lines are called, like Professor X, they had that for like 60 bucks. And then they had the Wolverine for uh, Logan for 28. And I was like, oh, is this? And they went, yes, old stock, that's clearance. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. You don't trust me twice. Thank you. <laughs> they only had one or I would have grabbed more. So, so that was just so fun. Like it was great and great to have um, time to, and then my wife, sorry, I'm really rambling. Uh, my wa- And then on the second day of the trip, no. And my, um, <laughs> my wife and I had an amazing time. And on the way back at Changi airport um, in, in Singapore, they've opened this new huge shopping uh, center called Jewel across the the way from the thing, and we we you know shopped to death. So we arrived a bit early, and we checked our bags. And the guy said, "Oh, you should go over to Jewel and have a look because it just opened." And we said, "Oh, we're tired. I think we might just kind of go, you know, and go to the lounge." And they're like, "No," and he was like, "No, no, no, you must go and go see the waterfall." Anyway, I'm so glad we did because this thing and i i've posted a whole bunch of videos and stuff on my facebook um it's the world's biggest indoor waterfall and it is was absolutely stunning and it kind of went from light to dark while we were there and there was this water show what like a a light show sorry and it was just like one of the most surreal amazing experiences of my life because it was like you know hundreds of people all in this it was just amazing Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, great time. Anyway, cool. I'll probably what, what, cut. Sorry, go ahead. What's the food in Singapore? Like, what, What's the uh, cuisine like? Um, Amazing. Uh, it's very, very, um, a, lot, a lot of dumplings, noodles, uh, mm. a lot of um, 
the, the, the kind of quintessential Singapore dishes are like chili crab and pepper crab and um, that sort of stuff. It's not not cheap, but you can go to you can go really upmarket, but then you can go to like they call them hawker stalls where there's just you know like uh, fifty little stands all selling amazing food and it's really cheap. Um, and so we did kind of a a balance of you know mostly because we we both really like that sort of food and we were there for the experience so we didn't kind of i mean you, there's there's lots of western stuff as well like there's you know all the kind of normal um mcdonald's and burger king and kfc and all that sort of stuff like not not everywhere but around um but yeah it's pretty pretty amazing pretty amazing lots of seafood um hmm. lots of uh really interesting um uh kind of uh, not not it's not all super hot like it's not all chilly hot but if you don't like that sort of stuff you probably wouldn't like it but the thing that that was there it like every place you turned around which wasn't there the last time I was there was Starbucks <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was good for the coffee fix, though, because I, you know, uh, I was going to say, yeah, it probably helped you out. Yeah, yeah, I was struggle because I, I really struggle with, um, like, it's just such a kind of part of my routine, and I was going to say well being, but I, I really doubt it makes me well. Um, that yeah, I struggle without it, so that was actually quite handy. We had one right near our hotel, so we did have our kind of morning coffee there, but then other than that, we ate native. Yeah, I always tell people that that coffee isn't for my well-being; it's for the well-being of the people around me. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, I do apologize for rambling about my holiday. I'll probably cut some of that out because, good lord, who needs to hear all of that? But it was great. Singapore was great. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun and lovely. Yeah, and what's been happening with you, Eddie? Uh, I'm the other end of the spectrum, so I'm two weeks into six weeks of leave. Um, that's just sort of, uh, a fairly chilled time. I'm just getting things done around the house. So I had a DVD collection that was literally like walls and walls of DVDs. Uh, so I've gone through and categorized them and put them into big plastic tubs and stored them under the house with a Ben like spreadsheet to tell me what's in what tub. If I ever do for whatever reason, find that it's not on Stan or Optus Prime or Netflix to <laughs> view. I can get the yeah. actual physical uh, DVD out and run through and then sorted the ones that I will be using frequently, like my Marvel Blu-rays and stuff like that that I've uh, set up. And uh, because we're close to Endgame coming out at the time of recording this, I've been on uh internet blackout just to avoid any sort of leaks or whatnots which has meant that rather than going on facebook or twitter i've been going on ebay and amazon a lot more and spending way too much money on acquiring things so uh, i do have uh the next couple of waves of marvel legends the end game and the x-men on their way to me i've got the new power rangers uh lightning collection from hasbro uh, have just shipped uh, more Transformer stuff I've picked up, uh, lots of different things, Revolta, Gambit. <laughs> uh, yeah, just way too much 
uh, spending. Even started searching just random things like biker mice from Mars, if anyone remembers that property. Wow. And that's yeah, I, I, I started <laughs> started going a bit deep, but uh, yeah, yeah that's. The uh, Power Rangers, those are like the higher end ones, right? The Lightning. Uh, the Lightning is basically because Hasbro purchased Power Rangers fully from Saban last year. Yeah. So this is their first wave of since acquiring it from Bandai America. And this is uh, pretty much comparable to Marvel Legends. Like they're using okay. the same base scan technology and that, that uh, Marvel Legends and Black Series have been using. So it's. Uh, that was very similar to the new Overwatch uh, toys mm. that they got coming out soon. Yeah. Mm. They all seem to have those new clear gel effects parts and things being used. So, um, and as someone who likes both Star Wars Black and Marvel Legends, I'm excited to check these ones out. Those, that uh, one's going go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. You you go. No, because I'm going to go on a different tangent. So you. Okay. Um, those are all. Power Rangers, right? Those aren't going to be just the new series. Yeah, so it's okay. um, the first wave, I, I believe, is all we've seen at the moment. And there's two from the original Power Rangers, one from Dino Charge, which I actually kind of like because that uh, uh, was very similar to my work. Uh, that cool. one was about a bunch of people who work in the museum industry. Um, so it was kind of <laughs> nice seeing those people depicted as superheroes. And one was uh, SP. PD, which is like a space version of Power Rangers, which yeah. is kind of cool because the characters are actual dogs. So his uh, unhelmeted head is like this dog head to go on a figure. So I'm uh, excited for that. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be branching the full range, which is probably the smart way of doing it, rather than putting out all the um, Dino Rangers at once. Uh, they're going to have yeah. a variety of it, but they, they do seem to be sticking to the more popular ones for these early waves. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I, I was just gonna, going back to the uh, new X-Men Marvel Legends uh, wave. That was everywhere in the shops in Singapore but because it had literally, like they were opening it up as I came in. So it was not uh, competitive pricing compared to, you know, some of the stuff which like I got um, Mystique, uh, quite you know, v- very reasonable compared to what I would have had to you know, pay if I was getting it from eBay, um, and you know, some and the new Endgame uh, wave was everywhere as well, and you know very reasonable. But the X Men figures were, you know, I asked a couple of different people, and I was like, oh no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, the Endgame wave. This is the first time I've tried buying a wave fully off Amazon Australia. And what it is, they're not actually in stock at Amazon Australia. They're taking the figures that are in stock over at Amazon America mm. and shipping them to Australia and then send out, which works well because I still get my prime free shipping and yes. uh, the GST, even though it's in there, isn't like an extra 10% that you pay like ordering off a lot mm-hmm. of um, uh, overseas sites here in Australia at the moment. Uh, so I got them, but they're all shipping individually is the weird Ooh, uh, part cool. of it. So I've had my Nighthawk turn up already. The next ship was Hercules, but he's not arriving apparently till after the three that shipped after him, which was like the Cap, Living Laser, and 
a, another one, and then I'm still waiting on a shipping notice for Ebony Moore and Ronan to actually come through. So it's the first time in a while I'm actually waiting on a builder figure to yeah, come yeah. in in sort of separate chunks. Yeah, um, it was interesting because the uh, Toys R Us is still alive in Singapore, and they had the huge endgame displays and had those figures out, but I never saw an Ebony Maw um, anywhere. They were already... And in fact, I I never found a Hercules at Toys R Us. I found Hercules at one of these other um, shops, but they had uh, Nightwing... Uh, no, pff, Nighthawk um, and uh, Living Laser and... Who's the other comic? Citizen V. Um, That's I think it. Na- it the yeah, I think Nighthawk is going to be the, the peg warmer there. Um and uh, my goodness, the Gertie squad was out in force because I had to go through a whole bunch of Nighthawks to find one that had paint that didn't look blah, my world. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. I got pretty lucky with mine, considering I, I had to buy it blind, but I also haven't been able to compare it to uh, any others. To you know, so, Sometimes when you're comparing them, you notice it more than if you just have one by its itself but i think I'm, I'm thinking i may end up getting the x-men wave from amazon because they've got them pretty reasonably priced and like i'm not you know they, they said they're not coming out until the first of july but like i don't mm. really but i think if you're not in a rush for them it's it's probably going to be one of the better ways to acquire things here in australia going forward is just because it, this was one of the surprising things is uh, nowhere in Australia has stocked the Avengers Endgame uh, figures at this point. There are places that uh, have said they're getting them in, like Zing, but they're not getting them in till late May, sort of well after the movie and ones like that. But uh, even there, uh, sort of selection is spotty. It's going to depend on what store you go into if they even got the full wave in and did things they like that for pre-order so, did they did they have uh yeah so they dropped okay. for pre-order on the day that uh all the stores in the states actually had them on site for street okay. date so australia didn't have anything for street date apart from funko pops we only had pre-orders for things to drop it seems it's almost as if the street date here's the 20th of may uh you might start saying things so it'll be interesting to see if maybe Targets or Big W start stocking things uh, from that date in terms of the Marvel Legends, but they've got you know the role play and the five point POA figures out already. So it's, it does seem weird to me that uh, stores aren't stocking this wave out of all the waves, considering how big the move is expected to be. Yeah, well, that you can still find in-game figures, so maybe they're kind of basing it on that. Infinity War. Oh yeah, Pfft. hi. Whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, well, no. that was the thing. They, they, um, <laughs> targets actually restocked Infinity War figures. They were putting new ones out on shelves on that straight date, which was a weird, uh, poor <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. but this yeah. is what it's like collecting in Australia. We get yeah. last year's movie boys. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Songbird mainly because I love Avengers Forever, um, and. It's a great, it's a great figure, but my goodness. Like, well, I think, I think it's going to be funny because this is one of those things where you have like Songbird, King Cobra, and Taskmaster stinking yeah. up uh, all these shells, 
Yeah. And they've recently, you know, announced that uh, Taskmaster is going to be the villain in the Black Widow movie. Yes. And so when that comes out in about two years' time, I'm sure every Marvel Legends figure board is going to have people going, does anyone have a Taskmaster? It's not my <laughs> <laughs> oh, It's so true. We should stock up now. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about the toys we have now. Oh, yes. Let's do that. Okay, okay, so, uh, yeah, okay. if no one's got anything else to add, uh, to, uh, unless, Scotty, you, you, you didn't want to talk about your vacation a little bit more? <laughs> uh, uh, if not, uh, we'll be back with our first toy of the week. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well... It's time once again for one of those exciting segments that you guys come back every week for. It's time for Toy of the Week. And I don't know exactly what Eddie is going to be looking at because he's going to look at a bunch of things that I might want or he might talk me into buying. So, Eddie, take it away. Uh, thank you, John. So uh, I won't keep you in suspense too much longer. And you've probably already heard it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, but I'm going to be talking about the Transformers Siege Wave 1 Voyages and Leader Class figures. Uh, so for those that don't know, the Voyager is sort of the mid-range class of Transformer. Uh, it's the one that's going to set you back about $50 Australian. And the Leader is usually the largest um, size that you're going to get multiple waves of their fig Transformer figures that can be bigger than leaders, but generally they're just going to be a one-off uh, box like your Metroplex or uh, your Trypticon. Uh, this will be the largest wave size you get. Uh, and this is uh, for me to wrap up uh, Wave 1, which I've already talked about the deluxes here, uh, but I've started getting Wave 2 stuff in, so I'm close to finishing that off, so I want to start talking uh, more about these guys. So this is to close off wave one, which uh, we have left to talk about Optimus Prime, the uh, leader of the Autobots. His arch enemy, Megatron. They are the Voyagers. And for the leader scale, we have Ultra Magnus and we have fan favorite Shockwave representing the Decepticons. Uh, now the Voyagers, Optimus and Megatron, I think are absolutely fantastic. These guys are the steals uh, of the waves, basically because if you're uh, brand new to collecting Transformers uh, or have been away for a bit, uh, this is a perfect way to kickstart your collection with the two main uh, characters in very great scaling with one another in very G1 uh, styling. So uh, for the most part, they look like they've sort of stepped off uh, the cartoon screen 
uh, itself. Uh, now, you might, if you look at images of the alt modes, they're not really G1 in their vehicle modes, particularly Optimus Prime. There was a bit of a running joke that he uh, is Malibu Stacy with a new hat because the top of his uh, truck cab uh, has a very wide brim uh, on the top. Uh, because the law behind Siege is that this is very early on uh, in Transformers history. This is still while the battle's going on on Cybertron. Uh, these are their Cybertronian vehicle modes, but uh, I'm using podcast quotation marks here because they are also still fairly similar to Earth vehicles that you'd find here, like trucks, cars, um, and even tanks. Uh, which is Megatron's alt mode because it gets a bit iffy having a character turn into a gun into a gun for a toy that's going to be shipped around the world uh, these days. Laws are going to vary in different countries. And that's something I'm going to come back to when I talk about Shockwave. Don't let me forget uh, to mention the gun side of things uh, with him there because both the Decepticons here, Megatron and Shockwave, originally had gun modes in their original toy counterparts. Uh, so now Megatron turns into a tank, uh, which some people think looks very similar to a tank from Command & Conquer, if you ever played uh, that video game. But in his robot mode, uh, he is straight out of the G1 uh, cartoon. Also, if you're collecting the new comic books from IDW, they've just restarted the Transformers continuity over there. Uh, these are the designs that they're using in that comic book, uh, these figures. Uh, so this is the Megatron that you're going to find uh, in that book. His transformation is actually probably the hardest out of the four that I'm going to talk about. Uh, he's got some interesting tricks where his legs sort of twist and turn and fold up into uh, the upper part of the leg before connecting in. And he has sort of a bit of uh, sort of flaps that come out on the sides that really spread out to create the body of the tank that uh, takes a little bit of playing around uh, to get them in the right position. Now, the instruction pamphlets that we've been getting off Hasbro of recent have actually been really terrible. Uh, and for me, I like to treat these guys like puzzles where uh, it is a bit of a, you know, a, a game to play around and see if you can transform them without instructions. Uh, I do recommend being careful uh, when doing this, that you're not going to put too much pressure or break anything. Uh, but if you do really get stuck, there's a billion YouTube videos of people showing you how to transform uh, these guys, if you ever really are stuck and not sure how to go about things. But for the most part, really, unless you're dealing with masterpieces, uh, you can generally, uh, given a little bit of time, figure out how to get one of these guys from vehicle mode uh, to robot mode. Now, the Optimus Prime robot mode is just uh, pure 80s classic uh, G1 star right down. He's got a little bit of yellow around where a belt would be that really screams G1 to me. Uh, I do really like uh, his design for the most part. He unfortunately has something that this series been very good about avoiding, which is kibble. Uh, so kibble are the extra pieces from a transformation that will hang off a transformer's body. So he's got a bit of a backpack that's 
Uh, got a little bit of holes into it. It's, it collapses up pretty flat, but that can come across as a bit of kibble on his back there. And this is something fairly frequent with Optimus Prime figures, and I don't quite understand it because there's very simple ways uh, around this um, that we see in other figures, including uh, the Ultra Magnus that I'm about to talk about. But he doesn't have these squared forearms. He often ends up having these little dangly pieces of kibble coming off the bottom of his arms, which are okay. Um, they're not too bad, but uh, I do much prefer my Optimus Prime, which sort of square, rectangular uh, forearms. The head sculpt's absolutely fantastic. Now, a clever little piece with his transformation is the cavity where his head uh, collapses into during the transformation. Uh, when his head is lifted up and out of the cab, it is a large square port in there. So if you have uh, any of the matrixes uh, of leadership from the last uh, series, Power of the Primes, that had these different square matrixes, you can actually place one of those in his chest here mm. and give him the matrix and sort cool. of close up the cab windows there. So I like that they're interactive with figures that have come from the past if you've gotten any of those. Speaking oh. of interactivity, uh, that's the main gimmick of Siege, which is you have all these different weapons with uh, similar uh, five millimeter ports uh, that you can plug in all over different characters. Uh, so you can chuck in different guns. There are certain characters in the deluxes called weaponizers. Uh, so I talked about Cog, where you can just rip him apart and his body and limbs can sort of transform into all sorts of different uh, weapons and shields and pieces. Uh, so Optimus comes with his uh, famous ion blaster, as well as an axe that can also collapse up and become a shield. He also has these very tiny, almost like Lego-like peg dots dotted around on him, similar with every other figure, where you can buy uh, these small little weaponizer characters, and the they're kind of cool. It's like a robot that will turn into a little gun, but they come with like blast effects. And you can either plug those onto the ends of guns or, say, an end of the axe so it looks like it's swooshing down or it'll have a blast effect that you can plug onto a little plug on his chest and it looks like he's getting shot by another character and reflecting off. So if you're a customizer, uh, well, not even customizer, but a, a poser for photography and pictures, uh, these guys are some of the most posable uh, and great-looking Transformers for really having a playing around and getting in different positions. Uh, now they have a, just a ton of articulation due to the fact that they transform, and it requires a lot of ball peggings and joints. So sometimes it's not even necessarily intended to be articulation, but it works really well for getting a character into different positions. One thing that's been incredibly uh well done across the entire line though is all the characters have been given ankle uh pivots of some kind in there and that's really helped get a wide range of positions going with your character and it seems like no matter who the character is uh there is a way to move those ankles so they're always flat and sure-footed uh on the ground now in terms of weapons megatron comes with his large cannon gun that clips onto his arm as well as a sword that can transform into a gun or the sort of an extra extent to his turret in his tank mode 
But where you really get uh, hit with the accessories is the leader class figures. So Ultra Magnus and Shockwave. So the gimmick with the leader class figures at this scale is that you're basically getting two Voyager-sized robots that then come with a ton of uh, armor pieces that you can connect on to create a much larger robot. This works really well with Ultra Magnus because if you remember the original G1 version of this toy uh, or even the original Diaclone uh, version of this toy, he is basically the uh, Optimus Prime robot uh and truck uh, that has armor pieces that connect all over him to create the look of the character that's uh, famous from the cartoon uh, or other sort of images of Ultra Magnus that you'll probably uh, think of when you think of the character. Uh, but uh, really on the inside, he's this white truck version of Optimus Prime, which has become known as Minimus Amber, uh, which is a weird <laughs> little pun joke. Uh, they're in sort of recent stories that uh, this character is sort of this legacy character where these uh, white truck modes of Optimus Prime can get armoured up and become these uh, great warriors. And that's the exact same gimmick we have here. So we have a, a smaller Voyager-sized truck cab here that uh, looks like Optimus Prime but is completely white. Now, this was interesting because I mentioned that the designs of these siege figures are being used for the new comic book the only design that wasn't being used for the comic book was the optimus prime figure that i just talked about but the optimus prime figure in the comic book is actually based off this ultra magnus uh truck cab design uh which has led to speculation that we're going to get a repaint of this character in optimus prime colors uh, that will be coming out that will have his own armor set that can be built on. And sure enough, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got announced of uh, Galactic Force Optimus Prime that's going to be using this mold uh, for the basic uh, Optimus Prime style. So that's the style they're using for the comic because they want you to buy the more expensive uh, big leader scale uh, figure here. So uh, once this guy is connected up and in his full ultra magnus glory he looks fantastic he looks straight out of the 1986 cartoon very reminiscent of the toy his vehicle mode's actually based off the robots in disguise early 2000s uh cartoon uh version of ultra magnus which is a more sort of futuristic anime type take on the car which is how they'd sort of do the uh, Cybertronian truck mode there. Uh, the really impressive piece of his engineering, though, is the blue panelling on his trailer. It's, it's really hard to explain, but it folds up completely and just becomes sort of side pieces of armour on his leg. But it's basically the whole length of this trailer just collapses up into such a small, tiny space and really uh, uses that well. And then the roof on the top is what sort of becomes uh, uh, his chest piece, and that's where the head is hidden away and tucked in. And then the bottom of the trailer is what's used to become his big uh, shoulder turrets uh, in through there. Uh, now, the other leader, Shockwave, who's the big fan favourite, is easily the most controversial figure uh, of this wave. Uh, he was one a lot of people were desperate to get their hands on 
once they got their hands on him, there was a lot of disappointment. And uh, there's been a lot of debate about whether this disappointment is warranted. Uh, and I think where it comes from is that uh, unlike Ultra Magnus, where you have a Voyager figure that has armor pieces put on that create this larger robot that is the classic robot, with Shockwave, it's the smaller robot that's the classic version of the character. So if you're buying this figure for a classic G1 version of Shockwave, you do get a fantastic G1 version of Shockwave, but he is in a Voyager scale, which is about uh, half the price point of a leader figure. Uh, so a lot of people are feeling like they're paying you know, $90 Australian for a figure that's worth uh, about that sort of $50 uh, scale range. And he does come with armor pieces that you can put on him, put on his feet, his shoulders, his backpack, and create a much larger uh, figure with multiple arms. Or you can also take these armor pieces and build them up so it becomes a bit of a hoverboard uh, for him, which unfortunately, even though this is featured on a lot of the advertisements for him, it's, there's no actual instruction pieces in the instruction booklet on how to build this. But if you go online, there's a whole bunch of people who have uh, posted ways of doing it um, or YouTube videos. So if you really just get a good look at the um, hover sled design, you can work out pretty easily how to put it together. Um, but because that's not sort of the classic look for the character, the classic look is that basic smaller figure. Um, I feel like that's what people really wanted and that's how they want to display him. And that's where they're feeling a bit ripped off uh, in terms of the price point. So uh, I do get where people are coming from. If you do feel that way, I don't blame you at all because uh, obviously as uh, toy prices are going up, uh, the legends, uh, the leader scale figures are getting smaller and smaller uh, for what you're actually getting at the same, if not higher price points. So uh, that is going to lead to disappointment. And particularly then if you're getting it, you're taking a whole bunch of kibble off the figure and then you're just displaying this smaller figure that could have potentially maybe just been released in this style. Uh, that's a, uh, something that uh, might give you pause if you're about to buy him. Uh, now, I also mentioned that I needed to speak about him when talking about his alt mode. So his alt mode is what's often referred to uh, by Hasbro these days as an up a submarine. Uh, so he's basically oh. this big, long structure with a, a turret uh, towards the back. Uh, and this was first used with another character that had a gun alt mode uh, called... Um, uh, I, I keep going to say six shot, but it wasn't six shot. It was it was six six fire. It was something along uh, those lines. But uh, it was another character that turned into a gun, and they used the submarine term. But really, what it is is an upside down gun, because if you flip it around the other way, you have a perfectly scaled for kids' hand uh, laser gun mode uh, that looks straight out of the G one Shockwave toy. Uh, that uh, someone could run around and play with. But uh, obviously you don't want to advertise having a gun on the packet due to international toy laws, so it's advertised as a submarine mode. Uh, now that uh, <laughs> quote-unquote submarine mode, you can attach the extra pieces on and he becomes sort of a Star Destroyer 
uh, type spaceship, which is very similar to the Revenge ship uh, from the G1 uh, cartoon ones there. So there is some fun to be had there. Uh, now, him turning him into his gun mode, it was really easy to do. Um, trying to find the exact ways to plug the pieces on him without instructions uh, took me a little bit of work, not too long. It was just a couple of minutes of kind of trial and error before I had it uh, sitting on him right. I basically just needed to twist his waist around. I had his uh, waist on back to front, and that was what was giving me the peg uh, trouble. But I've actually had a lot of fun with Shockwave. He is a good one just to pick up and pose around, having so many arms in his uh, powered-up version or even just normally because he's got such a weird camera head. It's one of those weird cases where because he doesn't show much emotion, you can sort of get a lot of emotion out of him and just plug him in in uh, different formats. So I, I've quite enjoyed him uh, and had a lot of fun with him. And he has a... Uh, sort of light feature in his eye where he's got clear plastic running through his head and a little window at the top. Uh, and so when it light goes directly into it, it really makes the yellow of his eye shine bright and look like he's sort of got a uh, light bulb on the inside, uh, which is quite cool. So I have had a lot of fun with these figures. I am really digging them, even the floors and, uh, you know, sort of slightly smaller scale for the price point uh, hasn't knocked me back at all. And I think the engineering and really, apart from Optimus Prime, the way that they've been managing to keep a lot of kibble off these figures uh, is fantastic. And the way that they are actually extremely poseable, uh, which is something that Transformer figures have suffered from being an issue in the past. And the fact that we're getting so many main G1 characters in very similar scaling. Uh, which has been another thing that hasn't been too consistent. Uh, I think if you are looking for a great jumping on point, uh, there's probably been no better year than this year for uh, Transformers in this classic style. So hopefully, uh, and by the looks of it, there's a lot more classic characters still coming our way and coming out uh, that are going to be done like this. And generally, uh, when they start a line, things just get better and better as they uh, sort of work out cool engineering tricks and ways of doing things as it goes on. So uh, I'll probably give these guys all up a rating of about 8.5 out of 10, uh, but I am very much looking forward to what we get from Hasbro with these toys in the future. Do you have any of the weaponizers? I do. So I've got both Wave 1 and 2 of them. Uh, the guns, I'm a little bit disappointed in just because they're sort of the exact same mm. style and i don't think it really works too well as a good looking gun uh but the animal ones such as there's a pterodactyl that turns into an axe is really cool and the uh a lion that turns into a sword is also all right but the best ones for me have been um and i'll talk about this more when i get around to reviewing uh Soundwave, but uh, his cassettes came in sort of the micro masters waves oh. and the engineering cool. on those cassettes are fantastic because they uh, are great uh, G1 depictions of the characters, but also form into very nice flat cassette designs that do interact with the sound wave uh, figure. And even to the point of little subtle things that uh, Hasbro didn't even really advertise on the uh, marketing, but uh, Soundwave actually has, little engrave points on his uh, forearm design that you can plug laser beak into when he's in his bird mode so he can sort of be perched out uh, on the hand like the cartoon. 
back in the day. Yeah. And just little interactivity touches like that always excite me. He doesn't come with any cassettes at all, though, right? No, he doesn't. So, But uh, if you are picking him up, uh, it is definitely worth your money to pick up the cassette pack uh, as well because they just work so well with that figure. Um, it, it's, it would almost be a shame. And plus he does have the function where he's got a button on the top um, that you push down and it ejects uh, the chest outward. And so you, you kind of got to have a cassette in there for, for that. You yeah. can't just have him ejecting nothing. Yeah, I picked him up and I was looking at him. I was like, there's no cassettes. I was like, eh, okay, I'll walk away for now. So. <laughs> like get get, yeah, get them together. Uh, I, I, I brought them both at the same time, so I, I didn't know. Where did you uh, take them? Ones without the others. To the front counter for purchase. Amazing. Very good. I got um, Top Shot and Flack yesterday. They kind of combine into a, like a cannon, but they don't come with any effects parts. Yeah, the MicroMaster ones uh, don't. And unfortunately, we haven't gotten too many of them. We've only gotten Wave 2, which luckily was the one that had the cassettes in it. And then there were another two vehicle ones, which I'm I'm blanking on the name, but it was the cop car and Mm. I think a fire truck one. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame because I wanted the Aerial Master ones because I actually had those as a kid, but uh, I might have to uh, track those down. Uh, online then try and get in a store which has been the other big advantage of these things is uh, stores are actually stocking them uh, and even Target had a sale on them these last couple of weeks so uh, as an Australian collector one of the reasons I collect Transformers and enjoy collecting Transformers is it's the last sort of collector line that I can walk into stores and purchase and not have to uh, try and track down online for the most part yeah super fun Super fun. I fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole while you were talking, researching the origin of the term kibble. And uh, I discovered, wow, that the, it, which is, it's on this, the same wiki that you have linked for your images, but it goes back to 1996, originally used on a, a fan forum. Well, I actually a I news actually, group. Give, sorry, a news group. Yes, yeah, say it. Yeah, I, I'll give group. these guys a plug because I actually reckon it's the best uh, toy wiki out there, which is tfwiki.net. Uh, uh, and if you actually go into like Scotty has done, they have a whole section that's just related on like toy terminology. And a lot of that, I'm sure, if people are listening to this podcast, you might know uh, what the term peg warmer is and what it means and can sort of piece it together but they have whole pages on things like uh peg warmers and chase figures and uh just things along those lines that's great to sort of you know if you're ever just bored and need to kill some time on the internet there's some really great reading and they have every character you can click and see the full list of all the different figures that have been made of it with some really cool write-ups and interesting things where they'll tell you, you know, this figure was designed wrong. So this part of the transformation never actually worked or, you know, this figure was originally this figure repainted or remolded. And it's, it's a great way of uh, learning some toy engineering terminology and pieces and, even just sort of fan background concepts and how things come about and happen, but really well put together uh, wiki for anyone who wants to know more about Transformers, obviously, but also probably the best in just going in depth into the toy scene as well. 
do you think in 15 years there'll be like a toy podcast and they'll be like talking? I wonder where the term punchy hands came from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can only hope. That's a dream. I hope it's us. We're just old and can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We'll be like, where did where? we should never have left our intern starve to death or grow <laughs> yeah. up? Yeah, that's so funny. Very good. Very good. Thanks, Eddie. Anytime. And with that, we will be right back with after this with another uh, toy of the week. I think. Maybe. Maybe a toy. Maybe a <laughs> statue. Might be you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack? The Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, after that wonderful toy of the week, it's going to be hard to beat for the rest of the episode, but John's going to step up and <laughs> give it a try. So over to you, John. Wow. I, I don't think I can live up to that. I'm just going to yeah. go home now. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah. I am home. Yeah, I am home. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys have been kind of enabling me over the years to get statues, and I, I think you guys knew that I had started down the uh, – rabbit hole of the netflix uh diamond gallery stuff so i i have all of the rooftop ones of of those and um we've been watching uh cloak and dagger on um what network is that freeform and, and we've really been liking it so um i thought oh, i really don't have anything cloak and dagger and, and you know there's not a lot of cloak and dagger stuff out there so i was looking at the marvel legends and i i, I came across the uh diamond gallery statue for cloak and dagger and i was really kind of struck by it so I, i've been kind of watching it on and off and you know it shows up in my little search things on i think i was looking on entertainment earth and um i was looking at it a, a couple of weeks ago and I, I i did a scotty because it said there was only one left so i said oh no there's only one left and uh click, clicked on it and said okay send it to me so um it finally came in because I, I got the cheapest possible free shipping and I, I wasn't in a hurry for it. So this came out last year. Uh, if you're familiar with the diamond gallery, they come in a big reverse clamshell window box on three sides. And this one's really big. Um, I, I need to compare it to some of the other ones. I, I, I almost wish that they were consistent in their size for, for these, um, for the box, because when I, I had to go to the post office to pick it up, um, cause I wasn't home when it was delivered and, uh, the shipping box they put it in was huge. And I was like wondering, you know, exactly how big it is, but, um, it's, it, it's definitely smaller once you get it out of the clamshell, but, um, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit, but I it's interesting you say that because I have noticed with some of these, and I mentioned also when I reviewed some DC Core um, stuff, that th there seems to be a lot of air in yeah. some of them. I don't know what this was like, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Like, at this yeah, reason. I, I, the, the main thing, and this is actually kind of weird, is they actually cut like a slot through the 
um, front one and her daggers fit through that slot. So the, the tray's got like a hole in it. Their daggers go through and then they're kind of enclosed in the middle, which is different than any other one I've ever gotten. Any of the effects or anything have always been enclosed in like the bubble, but, but this one's actually cut for that. And, and, and front to back, those daggers really stick out a long way. So I think that's part of it. Can I, can I be conspiracy theorist here? Sure. So these are made by Diamond Select, which for those that don't know is the company that owns the Monopoly uh, when it comes to shipping comic books to comic stores. If you're ordering comics, you've basically got mm. to use these guys and Diamond Select Toys caters specifically to comic book shops uh, to place orders. So it's because this oh. is one of those things that if you look at uh, Diamond Select uh, figures and that also seem to have very large, massive packaging and uh, that as well. And I do wonder if there's something with, you know, oh, if we do, you know, larger packeting, there's, you know, sort of less that can fit in a standard Diamond box. So uh, then we might get, you know, a little bit of an extra shipping cost that we might make an extra 2% on or something <laughs> if there's a couple of extra boxes that needed to be added to an order than if that's, you know, perfect small, uh, tiny pieces. But that is that's, quite a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The DC Core ones, of course, are DC collectibles, which is what I was uh, referencing. Um, you could make that argument for why the Marvel Select fig- figures are in such a big, you know, overblown packaging as well. But uh, yeah. I, I was wondering, just you know, if there was some reason why these needed all of the the airspace. But anyway, I've derailed your review, John. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's what we're here for—to interact. <laughs> just just me talking by myself would be boring so um what, what was i talking oh the packaging I yeah no, I we, we got through that so um you know you, you take this thing apart and you cut the little tape pieces on the side and you get it out and you notice it's actually a little smaller than what i thought it would be because um Cloak is behind Dagger. If if you're not looking, I'll I'll try and get some pictures up on uh, one of our our Facebook uh, group uh, thing. Yeah, Eddie, you can fill that in later. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, it's it's basically Dagger throwing throwing her light daggers um, out in front of her, standing in front of Cloak, and Cloak is kind of in that ethereal form where he doesn't have like feet it's just his robe coming up and and when you see him from the back he's actually got quite a narrow um base that kind of you know comes up into like a scooby-doo villain uh upper part um (laughs) i love it 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 just it's it's a little different and you know it's it's very narrow at, at one point towards the bottom and then it kind of flares out at the very bottom to give him a base that that the cloak actually you know sits on but the you can tell that the uh cloak figure is a little heavier material um than what's normally used in these um and i think they did that just for weight so that you could stand it up like this but it, it's it's pretty impressive because you've got this you know uh basically all supported off of that little tiny cloak base and then you know he's kind of coming up out of it um this is you know like i said i have the the netflix uh, marvel stuff but this isn't obviously not based on the new tv show this is this is a comic book pure comic book uh 
cloak and dagger. And um, I, I really like this, that it, uh, they, they did a great job with, with cloak. I'm going to talk about him first because his face always seems like it's in shadow. I mean, you can take it with a, a picture with a flash, but um, he's kind of got his head tilted down a little bit in the, in the top of his face is like always in like a shadow when you're looking at it. So, I mean, you obviously can look at it, but it, it, it's all there and he actually has hair on the top, but um, you don't, you just get this sense that you don't really see his face, which really reminds me of, of, of some of the, the comic art you see of him where, you know, they always kind of do black over, over his face and you can only see, you know, part of it or whatever. Um, so I, I really think they did a good job there. Um, you know, it's all black material. I think this is molded in black and then the blue was applied over top of it. Um, if you, if you look at his, his cloak, it, it has all the, the blue stripes on it that, that we're familiar with over the years. Um, th- there's a little slop on those, but because it's like blue on black, you, I, I noticed it when I was looking at the pictures, but, uh, didn't really notice it, you know, when it's, you know, a foot away or so. Um, so, but then he's got like two hands kind of reaching up out above dagger and, uh, Dude's got some veins on his arms. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. Uh, you know, he's he's he definitely looks like he's worked up over something. So, <laughs> um, and then standing in front of him is Dagger, and she's got her her classic white outfit with the uh, the dagger shaped cutout in the front. Um, she's obviously a blonde girl, and she has the little eye. Uh, what would you call that? I don't even know what you call it. She has the little white circle around her eye um it's kind of like a, a face tattoo but yeah, yeah. a kachilla art design thing. Uh, i don't i don't really know kind of looks like a big monocle that's how i always thought of it yeah. as a kid i thought it was a big monocle but i, I was wrong so um huh yeah, really <laughs> yeah i i think it was the whole mr peanut thing you know yeah, the, the, the female the female monocle is not quite as uh, you know prevalent, but hey, it takes all kinds. Yeah. Um, not that there's yeah, anything wrong got, with that. I'm just no, saying. No. So, so all you ladies out there, I'd like you to start wearing monocles just to make it come back. <laughs> um, Dagger is a, a, a we will say an athletic young woman, um, and, and they have sculpted her as such. She's she's got some curves, we will say. Um, if you're looking at it dead on, uh, she's a little busty and you can kind of see some of that because the, the dagger cutout is obviously just skin. Um, unless Eddie's going to correct me on that and say in the comic book, it's actually some kind of, you know, uh, clear molecule, uh, no, no, fabric. It's, it's, it's pure cheesecake art. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she's got a gold necklace. The only thing I, I I wish they had done on the necklace is is maybe painted it like metallic gold because it's kind of a yellow, just painted gold. Um, you can see seams though on the outfit down the side of her outfit, and then uh, like down like the insides of her legs. You can see uh, seams in the in, in the outfit, which is which is cool. Um, she's got a collar that has like a little gold line around it, and I I, I couldn't figure that out at first. I don't know. Uh, if it's actually, uh, it must be intended to be some kind of stitching or something. Um, her eyes are really good. One downside to this is, and I don't know if it's cause cloak has white eyes, but they, 
don't seem to be looking in the same direction, which you would think they mm. would be, but not her eyes, but cloak looks one direction and dagger kind of another, which may be possible, but it seems like they would be looking in the same direction this time. Um, and, and I, her eyes are just slightly, just slightly dead eyed. If you look at her, you can't quite make out where she's and, and maybe I just haven't had her in the right position to actually get a good sense of, Hey, this is where she's looking at and it looks right. But, you know, considering the price point of this was like 40 bucks, um, I, I'm not going to put it down for that, you know, but I, I do wish they were kind of sculpted to be looking more in the same direction because he's kind of looking off over her left shoulder and she's kind of looking in, in a slightly different direction. Um, her hands are kind of outstretched because she's thrown the, the daggers. But even when you look at her fingertips, she actually has paint on their, her nails. So that um, they've went to that kind of detail. Uh, her outfit's all white, and they haven't went in with any shading. But I, I kind of noticed that on her outfit that they they've actually went to like where the seams are. They've sculpted them probably a little deeper than what you would think they would be sculpted. So they actually shadow right, even without paint on them. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So. So some of the details just a little deeper. I, I kind of suspect that's why the veins are so prevalent on Cloak's arms as well, is, is just to give it that extra little oomph of uh, of detail that shows. So her hair is all one color. You know, there's no wash on it. But it doesn't, again, it doesn't look, it's got enough texture to it that it doesn't look bad. So um, that's kind of cool. The daggers are uh, clear, well, not a clear, but like a translucent um, piece uh, that has a big arc that arcs from her left hand. And it actually attaches right under her, her right breast. So um, it, it actually is attached in two spots, but it looks pretty cool because it's just this flat piece that's sticking out. And it actually goes from like a white to a yellow um, as it goes along. So. Uh, that piece is actually removable, but you're left with kind of a weird looking spot in her, her hand. And then, uh, you know, this like square hole under her, her right, her right boob. So, um, Wh- which piece is removable? Looking. Sorry. The, 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 the daggers. Oh, okay. you can actually take them out, but I, I don't think it's intended, you know, to be displayed that way, but you could, if you really wanted to. Well, that was a question that I had just from what you uh, said before about the packaging was whether it came with the daggers. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, seems like something they, they are. Have. They were attached and they were actually rubber banded in place. Um, there was a rubber band around her left hand that that held it in place, and then like a rubber band, one of those clear ones around her body. And I actually didn't even realize that one was there until hmm. uh, I I really got looking at it. You know, first when I took it out of the package, I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh. There's, there's rubber bands here I got to take out. So, um, her right leg is coming down and she has her left leg kind of up in a, in a, like, she's just kind of like stepped off of something. The right foot is up like on its toe, but it actually doesn't have anything underneath of it. So either she's just stepped off of cloak's cape or, she's not standing on anything and got her toe with a weird position. Um, mm. I don't know if that'll bother you, but I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, if you consider this as comic book art, I I'm okay with it myself. 
um, cause it, cause it does look fantastic. I mean, the piece overall, because of, you know, the size of cloak kind of changing from small to big. And then, you know, she's throwing these daggers. It's a very dynamic piece in a very compact area. So, um, it, it looks like cover art to me and, and I'm kind of willing to let that foot go because of that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was intended to actually be down on his cloak or just look that way or, you know, um, I don't know, but I mean, overall I'm kind of, I'm really happy with this because it really, really is dynamic. And I mean, for the price point, um, I think, I think it's pretty good, you know, value, uh, if you want, want to have these characters, um, you know, because I would have been able to buy what the, the the two pack of Mart or not the two pack, but the, the two Marvel legends for about the same price. But I think Mm -hmm. overall is a display piece, um, this would be, you know, a little more, just a little more dynamic and a little more oomph to it to say, oh, hey, that's Cloak and Dagger, you know, in in their their comic book form. Um, where if I had figures, you'd have to get them posed, and they'd both be kind of sitting together, and you probably wouldn't ever get them quite looking. You know, you'd have all the articulation and stuff showing. So, um, I, I guess guess I like this maybe just a little better than I would have the, the two figures. I mean, I still probably will get them, but as a as a display piece i think it'll go well with the the other ones i have i really like this i have not picked this one up yet but i definitely plan to it reminds me a little bit of uh, the marvel select cloak and dagger uh mm. in that you know that kind of f- i theoretically fit together but i could never get that to stand in the way that it it was kind of yeah. originally posed. It was so frustrating. And Cloak was not a full figure. Uh, but the one thing that I do like about that better than this one is just the the depth of the – or width of the cape, because I do agree that the skinny cape, and particularly from the back, it looks like he's kind of popping out of a jack-in-the-box kind of <laughs> thing. That, and, you know, that's not and, – and it is an odd – way to kind of sculpt it. Um, but I like that he has hands because that the, the Marvel Select one was really just a cape with a head in it and then theoretically places to pose the dagger figure, but didn't work very well. And uh, he had no hands. I like the, the fact that you can actually see more of him uh, in this one. And I really like the facial expression on Cloak as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like a yeah, dark. Yeah, I'm tr- trying to work out if, because I'm looking at it, I feel like this is taken very much from the Todd McFarlane um, sort of style of doing cloak and dagger, which he, he used a bit from memory. They they appeared a couple of times when he was on Spider-Man, and that mm. sort of narrow version of doing a cloak is a very Todd McFarlane style. Like he used it for okay. spawn a lot, but I don't remember them actually really being that way. in um, the, the store itself, which in the, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really finding any images to sort of match it's it. It's an on interesting image choice. It's a, like it is. I mean, I, I don't find it visually. I think it's actually really good looking. It's just, not uh, the way that 
you see him and the cloak depicted normally. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you're obviously going to display this with her for, facing forward, and and with that, you're you're not going to notice that. No, you're right. Yep, you're right. From the side, just looking at your photos, the photo, the last photo of from the side. It might just be the the visuals, but there it kind of looks like his arm is huge compared to. It, it is. It, okay. it it kind of is. Yeah, I mean he's definitely got bigger arms. I mean he's a muscular looking dude in this. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's about um, to the top of his left hand. I meant to mention this. It's about eleven inches tall. Okay. So that gives you any reference. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I, I include that last shot as a cheesecake shot because you can see that her derriere is fully sculpted from the side, but you, you really have to go around and kind of look for it to, to see it. So, yeah. But even from the, the, the picture I included uh, of the right-hand view, where you kind of see her from the front, but you don't see his face, um, the way the daggers project out, it, it just looks really good. Um, they, they, yeah. they, they really did a dynamic pose on this and i really appreciate that so very good. Not nine nine out of ten nine out very of 10. very good uh well if no one else is hiding any other comments in their cloak what do you say <laughs> we uh take off for a bit and return with our third toy of the week and now you can build your own king kong with these challenging king kong model kits you need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Well, John really brought it with his Toy of the Week, so it's really up to Scotty to bring it home for a perfect game of three amazing Toys of the Week. So no pressure, but over to you, Scotty. Well, I, I hope that I can actually... Uh, deliver because I, I quite like the thing I'm about to review. And interesting, this is another uh, two character statue. This is of the polyresin kind as opposed to the PVC kind. And it's from DC Collectibles. And it is the DC Collectibles DC Designer Series Nightwing and Batgirl statue. And I think its official title includes parentheses Ryan Sook, but that's just way too long to um, say, so I'll joke about that instead. This is a 2019 acquisition and release, and it is the latest in a loose series of couple statues from DC Collectibles, going back to a Green Arrow and Black Canary statue, a Superman and Lois Lane, a Aquaman and Mira, and I think there might have been a, a Batman and, and Catwoman one thrown in there that I don't have because they were kissing and I was like, ew. And, Cooties! Uh, <laughs> that's just gross. I want implied kissing, not actual kissing. Thank you in my statues. And then we have Nightwing and Batgirl. This is based on the art of Ryan Sook, obviously, from the title. And it is sculpted by the fabulous Paul Harding, who is, does a lot of DC collectibles stuff. It is just under 14 inches tall. And this is a really interesting piece for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that 
the it is actually designed so that this can be displayed either uh, standing up and or being hung upside down from a wall bracket. So the 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 idea of this statue is that Nightwing is uh, what do we call this? He's bat attached to the. <laughs> <laughs> to the what, what, what's man i've I've lost the noun here i just edited another episode where i lost a noun and, and it sounded terrible and i had to cut it all out this thing that he's attached to the ceiling with grappling hook grappling. thank you okay i'm gonna count back in because my god okay here we go in five i literally just edited me doing this for something else five four three so the idea of this statue is that Nightwing is uh, suspended from some sort of gargoyle with a grappling hook, and he is cradling Batgirl in his hands, and they are uh, upside down and cuddling as you do, because whenever I'm hanging upside down from something presumably high, then that's when I always you know, want to get a bit of nookie. Um, the... Uh, the, the again the idea here is they've been sculpted obviously as being upside down batgirl's hair is and cape are up um and but it looks great on its stand with them upright but then it has a bracket at the back where you could actually hang it um so that you can display them upside down and it is all one piece to support that. So I, I'm not intending to attach this to a wall. I feel like that could really, uh, really damage my collectible chances with the misses if I start actually attaching things to structures. You know, I think it's bad enough. I've got a whole bunch of them around the place. Um, and also, I don't really trust my handyman skills. To, and I don't know if I like the idea of having a polyresin statue hanging somewhere where theoretically it could fall, uh, but it's still pretty cool. So I'll talk through sculpt and paint and uh, then give a couple of comments. Uh, this Paul Harding is obviously a fantastic sculptor. He does a great job of moving between statues and action figures and his aesthetic is fantastic. Um, this is a really good-looking piece. The, it, the, the angles are not uh, all flattering. Obviously, they're, they're hanging upside down. The, the cape is hanging over the back of Batgirl's head, and so this isn't going to look great from every direction. My photo album on our Facebook page has the turnarounds so that you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, if you are a fan of Nightwing's uh, posterior, and there is quite a following uh, out there. Uh, in fact, I'm sure there's like whole like Facebook communities dedicated yep. just to Nightwing's. But um, and and Gail Simone's Twitter feed as well often seems. Well, you know, well yeah, Gail Simone and Nicola Scott um, yeah. <laughs> have really like between Nightwing's butt and shirtless Catman. It's it's a whole movement. <laughs> sure is and so that you know that angle could be quite popular um there and uh, it's sculpted in all of its glory the uh, but it, it, like unlike some pieces which kind of are really aesthetically 
um, pretty from every angle. This is not so much the back is not a lot to look at unless you like nightwings, but the uh, but the 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 dynamics of sculpting something like this. I think are quite um, amazing having to think about, you know, I, I wonder whether the sculpting work was done right side up or upside down uh, and whether or not that, that makes a difference. Um, it's interesting when you look at this kind of from either the, the back where you're seeing Nightwing fully or from the side, um, he is very long. His legs are really long, and his uh, body. I, I want at some angles, and this is kind of why I was asking the proportion question between cloak and dagger. Is that when I look at it front on and look at their their waists being kind of at the same level, I, I think that. Uh, Batgirl, if she had her legs extended, would be pre- would be a lot shorter uh, compared to Nightwing from what you kind of uh, we need Ben here to say exactly how high they are in real life, uh, but uh, from from what I would picture, and just proportionately, I feel like Nightwing's his legs are long. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure how you kind of work all that out when you have one character extended and the other kind of half sitting like that um, to proportions, you know, their, their heads don't look disproportionate. Um, the, the, or your know, hands, etc. It's just that their legs look really uh, different. And it might, it might be an optical illusion, um, but, and I won't be taking my back girl apart to stretch it out. Oh, and see. Scotty. Hmm. Yeah, what? so you, 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 you just disappeared for about five seconds? No, I didn't. I was right here the whole time. Well, maybe you were. Maybe you jumped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thankfully, I was recording, so thank you for letting me know, but I'll, um, I know where I can go from. Cool. Okay. Five, four, three. It, it must be quite challenging working out proportions when one character is extended uh, and the other has knees raised like that. I won't be dismantling my Batgirl to work out what the actual proportions are, but visually, from some angles, you know, it does look a bit. Um, Batman or uh, Batgirl is five six, and Nightwing is five ten. So they're only supposed to be about four inches different. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's interesting because when when you look at the upside down, and I did actually put an upside down photo in the album uh, so that you could kind of look at it as one display option. And you definitely don't get that feel there. They're, you know, their faces are kind of aligned. It's really only when you look at the side of the back that you realize. Um, well, two things. One, he's really long, and the other is that, that he must have been so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm trying to work out the physics behind this, and I'm just not no. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think. It, how, yeah. <laughs> how she's sitting on his knee is is that's going to take a lot of upper body strength on the hand yeah. that's on the shoulder to keep her in that. I I don't think it bears close. Uh, the the physics don't bear close analysis. Let's just mm. let's say there's some artistic license there, but pretty cool. Yeah. I, pretty cool. 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You talk. You know, I, I, I was looking at it and I was trying to figure out whose grapple hook that is because, um, uh, because it's yellow mm-hmm. and you know, that's her color, but it looks like it would have been his because of the way he's standing because his feet are planted. Like he's got all the weight on him. Um, I mean, oh, I, I thought, well, if that, you know, uh-huh. I, I was, uh, yeah. and I, I thought she was holding him up at first, like when I saw it because of the yellow and I was like, what? And then, yeah, it's, it's messing with my brain. It is. And I, obviously the, the feet, uh, his feet touching the gargoyle are just from a, a being able to kind of stand up um, and, and sturdiness perspective is important, but the, yeah, again, look at, look at the faces. Does <laughs> <laughs> don't spend too much time trying to analyze the physics of it or it will no longer make sense. Um, the, and I hadn't actually thought about the yellow grappling hook and then that seeming more logical that it would, uh, there you go. So th- in terms of grappling hook management, there is a big no, no that is taking place here. Uh, as well, so don't look at this from a safety perspective either, which is that they have the um, the cord of the grappling hook wrapped around both of their hands, which is um, not good practice because obviously if you fall, you can break your hand or rip it off. Uh, it's like um, when you're holding uh, a horse uh, by the, the, the lead, you never wrap it around your hand because then they can take off and take your arm with you them huh. and that's uh, yeah never good i didn't know that <laughs> yet <laughs> learning something new today mm-hmm. yes horse horse management 101 so if you ever see somebody because you know if you think about like a dog or you know that sort of thing you tend to you, know, you wrap the lead around your hand or whatever but horses are yeah a whole different kettle of fish I've, I've often said that it's it's such a good thing that they don't realize that they could kill us if they wanted to um because they really could. I, for one, welcome our horse overlords. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was with, uh, with my youngest, and uh, we when you do dressage, you have to put their mane into rosettes, and then, which is a horrible experience, you kind of have to sew them together. It's ridiculous. And then afterwards, you have to go through and actually snip all of the little things that you've sewn to then take it out. And he just stands there patiently. And I was thinking, is it good that he doesn't realize that if he really wanted to, you know, murder us right now, he could just roll over and we'd all die. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Um, But from, from a sculpting perspective, this, the way that they, they have their hands clasped and then the, the rope, um, kind of wound around them. But I, I, I'm really wondering how this was done and, you know, which pieces were uh, sculpted together and which are glued together because the paintwork on the, uh, the black hand, black glove and yellow glove with fingers interlaced is perfect, uh, which, mm. you know, and very, very difficult. So I, it, I'm not quite sure uh, how that was done, but my hat's off to them. It looks um, fantastic. Uh, look, I, I got hung up, obviously, on the, the proportions, but the, the sculpt is really lovely. The faces are both um, fantastic. And uh, extra bonus points because 
it really does look like they are looking at each other, um, which is great. And you like her eyes, you can see quite clearly uh, because they're they're painted. Um, Nightwing's got the the white slits, but he still looks like he's looking into uh, her eyes, and that bears um, from from all angles. Um, the other piece as well, where they're not quite attached, but again, I think there's been some gluing um, just in terms of her. She's like holding his head in her hand, and that that you can tell that that's been sculpted separately and then kind of put together. But yeah, like I said, I cannot tell on these uh, gloved hands put together. Um, really nice use of texture here. There's uh, matte and gloss on um, both of them, and it's quite an interesting juxtaposition because the matte on Nightwing mainly is the bodysuit and gloss is the gloves and boots, and with Batgirl it's the other way around. Um, she's got... Uh, this isn't quite... a a, I'm not sure if this is meant to be uh, New 52 or Rebirth or Afterbirth or what, I'm not sure. Um, but she's got the purple lining to her uh, cape. She's got some texture on the arms of her outfit, which is a bit more modern. Um, but the, the bat symbols at the tops of her boots are just really glorious they're really nicely done and again the fact that that's matte and the legs of the outfit are gloss makes it all show off uh even more um nightwing has got the, the metallic uh blue he's got some gloss uh in parts of his outfit but then a lot of the main body is matte and it all just makes it look better. Um, it's a pretty light piece. Um, so if you are thinking about uh, mounting it, um, I think, you know, as long as you do your handyman piece correctly, uh, I, I don't think that it's going to need a lot of securing to um, stay solid. Uh, the, the base has got a bit of heft to it, but really not much. Um, so th this is really fun. It is a lot shorter than the Superman and Lois and Aquaman and Mira pieces. It's more in line height-wise with the uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. They look great together. Um, I've got a whole couple's smooching shelf now because I'm, I'm a man. And uh, but it's really cool. Um, it, now I have to say I I am torn on the the statue for the the main reason that I am a kid of the eighties and a huge Dick Grayson and Starfire fan. Um, you know of of that coupling, and uh, you know, I don't know. Not, Dick and, and Barbara always kind of feels a little bit like. Ooh, it's like you know, dating your sister, brother and sister, kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of thing, kind of thing. So I'm always, you know, torn about that. But um, see, I, I come at it from a slightly different. Where I was a kid of the '90s, where you had a very famous issue of Birds of Prey number eight, which, if you're ever trying to go through and collect that run, uh, number eight's actually worth more than issue number one uh, because it's the 
issue with Nightwing um, and Barbara Gordon basically sort of, I, I believe for the first time, going out and kissing. And that's a very famous scene of like him because she's Oracle at this point. So um, she's in the wheelchair. So he actually sort of gets her in sort of an old Batgirl outfit and has strapped her legs together and is taking her to a circus trampeze thing and allowing her to feel like she's Batgirl again by sort of swinging through the air and all that. And so when I remember seeing, because I saw this statue solicited, um, in text before I actually saw an image of it. And part of me was really hoping it was going to be that of them in their costume on the trampeze uh, of her in sort of the Oracle Birds of Prey day is an homage to that classic issue than this one here. So uh, I'm, I'm fine with Nick and uh, with uh, Dick and Barbara together. But yeah, I, I was hoping for a slightly different version uh, of it, this. Is a, is a trampeze like, a, a circus apparatus trapeze, for homeless yeah. people or yep. um, trapeze, like for, for loose women. It's amazing it, men in their flying machines. It's the easy version of a trampoline. Yeah. You know, it's not for the, it's, it's, it's for the amateur <laughs> trampoline artist. We need a whole other lexicon just to make sense of any. I'm this sorry, I didn't grow up in like the Depression era, 1930, <laughs> the circus every other weekend to know carny terminology. <laughs> hey, oh that was goodness. the best two years I ever spent in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Little hobo bindle. <laughs> That's right. You really need to, uh, you know, polish up your circus terminology. Um, so. Look, I, I don't know. Talk to me, guys, about the proportion thing and the physics thing. Are you? Am I over analyzing? I, I like this from the waists up, maybe even from the hands up, and everything below that just messes with me. I I I I I think it's a little bit of artistic license. I I think they knew most people will be displaying this sort of quote unquote upside down to how it's actually designed to look. So I think it's may, you know, there is that license of like, they're going to be upright in on most people's shelves. And it's, you know, the artistic trick of like, Oh, they're meant to be hanging and flowing through. But if you were to sculpt, that's a hundred percent accurate. Maybe that wouldn't look right when they're then upright. I, um, I really don't like this upside down, I, the upside down picture. Oh, I, really? I didn't, I don't like it as much as the right side up one. And it might be one of those things I'd have to see and, you know, actually hanging on a wall to kind of get a sense of it. But yeah, the upside down picture, I, I like a little less than the right side up or the, the you know, the way it's shown, the way you have it shown mainly, I, yeah. I like better. And I, I think that's the way it's sculpted to be shown. I, th- yeah. I think that's where it. Did it come with hardware like to mount it? It did. Yeah. It no, I mean, the... did it come with like a wall anchor and stuff? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, uh, oh. oh mm, 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 mm. I've already put it away. Um, it came with instructions, which was, you yeah, thank you. And it did come with a, not the wall anchor, but the screw that fits into the bracket at the back. So mm. it came with the screw to fit into your wall anchor of choice. Mm. And, and little suggestions of how to do it. And, uh, how 
How thick is the cape? That was the other question I wanted to ask. Because in some shots, it looks like the, her cape's a little thicker than it should be to me. Yeah, it... Mm, it... Maybe. There's a, you, there's a, there's a fair bit of lining uh, there, and it is a, it's a two-sided you know, cape with it. Like, so... Hmm. Don't, don't make more problems for me than what I'm already... I'm sorry. See, <laughs> <laughs> I really hated to ask that too. <laughs> yeah, but like the no, one, I'm, the one where you're showing the lining specifically, it looks because you the way you can see the black, it, it, it looks thicker than it should be to me. Well, if you think about a, if you think about a cape with lining, then it, that that can you know when you think about thickness, I mean there can be a bit of air in between. Uh, okay. You know, so I'll, I'll let's, buy that. let's yeah, let's run with that. Um because otherwise I think you're right. Cool concept, uh difficult to execute and I think that the the idea of hey this could be something that could hang upside down then you know maybe w- which would have necessitated him being attached to the base. They might have been able to do it a little bit more cleverly if his uh, feet were dangling as well because it, yeah. Maybe yeah. It would have almost been, it almost would have been nice that if, uh, they would have had like an actual cable there and, and he was like on a, you know, something clear to, to get him up off of it. So he actually was dangling too. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out take there out and say, if, please, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to go out there and say, please don't try this at home. Um, and particularly if you do decide to do this, don't wrap the cord around you. It's a terrible well, idea. You know, you know, some sculptors like to bring, like, like I think uh, Tim Miller doesn't he like to bring people into the studio and take pictures of them? I, I, I kind of wish he had done this. And <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could have. Yeah, sorry, Paul. We could hire to this like a- hire some people, <laughs> and we we can get a trampese <laughs> and take some pictures. Oh my goodness. Okay, um, the usefulness of my review has obviously. Ended. I give this eight out of ten. I, I, yeah. I, I do think there's some um, composition issues here, uh, which normally don't distract me in these. But the more I look at it, the more I don't want to look at it from that perspective. Uh, otherwise, it, beautifully it kill, done. It kills me though because the faces and the expressions and just. I, that part of it is just so good. Yeah, I I feel like there I feel like there was a art director art direction piece missing here to go. It just did, would that work? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so eight out of ten, nice addition to the um, collection of these. I don't think I would have gone for this just on its own, uh, but because I've got the the others. It, goes nicely and will sit nicely with them. And that's my review. And I believe that is also the show. And we're all going to go learn how to use the trampeze now. Yeah, no, it most certainly is. So, um, uh, before we finish off, uh, if you have any feedback that you would like to give us, you can send it through by email to podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you may just hear it read out 
on the show. We also have the thriving, uh, I'm assuming, because I've been off the internet for a week, Action Figure Blues uh, community page, which uh, really is about the community. I uh, love when I am on the internet uh, seeing the wonderful eclectic uh, pieces that uh, folks are sharing and the friendships that are forming between uh, just different listeners of the show that have sort of dug in and found it. So if you haven't joined, uh, do drop by the main Action Figure Blues uh, podcast page uh, and uh, jump into that because it is a private group. Uh, we do, do try to keep it uh, to actual humans and not spam bots. Uh, so it's, uh, but it, it is uh, worth the hassle of, well, not hassle. It's 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 a delight, uh, really, and the excitement to actually <laughs> sign up uh, and get in for. But uh, definitely do that. And also, we did just have our three hundred and fiftieth episode, which is amazing. What? So. Uh, generally as a podcast, I would say that we, we don't, uh, self promote a lot or push really hard, but you know, if you have enjoyed the show, uh, please, uh, feel free to maybe even write an iTunes review or give us a share or a like on your social media of choice. Or even if you just have a friend, uh, who might be into collecting, uh, things and can just say, Hey, go. Have you heard of that show? Uh, it's something we don't push too often, but uh, for 350, uh, you know, if you have liked the show or uh, enjoyed it at any point, uh, that would be a great way to celebrate with us. <laughs> enjoyed it at any point. A, yeah. yeah, like reason you're not enjoying yeah. it now. You just listen yeah. because you hate yeah. us, right? Yeah, it's, it's all been downhill since episode I really 100. Review. I believe yeah. I enjoyed this at one point. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we, Speaking we of enjoy. It. Speaking of enjoying, I actually I, I've got to tell Eddie this. I picked up a uh, a Deadpool classic graphic novel oh, yesterday. Nice. So, and it's it's written by Gail Simone. Ah, uh, uh, number nine. Uh, might be, yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's some of her very original stuff, which is great because this was back in a time where they're like. I don't know about this writer, Gail Simone. Is she going to be any good? Oh, let's put her on Deadpool, the book that no one cares about and obviously doesn't matter. And uh, we'll uh, see what happens. And obviously both of those two ended up becoming uh, huge uh, successes in the comic book world. Uh, and uh, the little red moped from Deadpool 2 uh, is oh, yeah. really out that's, of her run. That's, that's uh, taken through and is a huge part of of uh, Deadpool iconography. Now we've just gotten a Marvel legend uh, mm -hmm. of that moped. Uh, so yeah, she definitely, uh, I almost step. got the pop for that yesterday. Well, he's got a pop rides for that. And I almost got that, <laughs> yeah. but, but I didn't, I got the uh, Jim Lee Batman instead because the box was damaged. And I took it up front and said, Hey, the box is damaged. Can you take something off for that? <laughs> oh, my oh, that's God. right. As, as long as you're reading Deadpool, I'm happy. And that's, that's, Good era, did, and and I got a second a second volume of uh, Secret Six, so nice. And, and and I should mention as well, Eddie, that uh, on a recent show you told me to go and get the Mister Miracle Volume One. Oh uh, yes, yes, trade, and I did, and I loved it. I was not kidding on that one, was I? 
No, it's fantastic. That, it, it is so one of the greatest comics of recent history. I've actually been digging in and loving I might have gone and seen a, a film called Hellboy. Uh, oh, and to be honest, I, I wasn't as delighted with it as I would hope for a character that I love. Um, and I really love the Hellboy comics. But what's been good about it is it's inspired me to go back and reread uh, the early Hellboy stuff that I do absolutely love. And I just read the second trade today, Wake the Devil. And all these years later, it is still one of my absolute favorite stories from any medium at any time today. And I feel like that's the Hellboy story that sort of gets the least amount of love because it hasn't been adapted anywhere or crossed through. So uh, if you are looking for a good Hellboy story to read uh, and to quote the hashtag read Hellboy, uh, Wake the Devil is my recommend. I like the short ones and Heads is my favorite. But Uh, There's some brilliant short ones. There's some. I think that's why I like Wake the Devil is it sort of is a whole bunch of sort of short stuff like that that is connected Mm. more. Like there is a flowing story throughout, but it is a lot of him bouncing from spot to spot and mythology to mythology. Oh, cool. Very cool. Good. Yeah. I like this little comic nerd out at the end. I've also been reading a Wonder Woman anthology, which has been pretty good. I I actually was really surprised. I really like that Wonder Woman book. I might have to get some more of those. Mm. Nice. Very good. All right. Well, Scotty, uh, homework is now to get the second half of that Mr. Miracle and finish off because. Oh, boy. Okay. It gets only gets better. Okay. <laughs> well, I better go then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I got, I got some trampies work to go do. Yeah. I've got an easy tramp to track down. And with that, good journey. <laughs> good night, nerds. And we're so, so sorry. Have your Eddie Spader neutered. Yeah. I'm not sorry at all. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 